Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the One Man Low Council and episode 290 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, because yes, indeed, this show is uploaded as a podcast after the fact, which reminds me to shout out Toph Morris, who is a $5 backer, $5 a month backer over on Anchor.fm. Thank you once again, good sir, for your support. Tonight, as you can see, we'll be talking about the movie Free Guy, which I was finally able to watch, thanks to the trusty old VPN giving access to regionally exclusive content through Disney+. And so I was able to watch Free Guy with the wife, put a review out on the channel this morning. So we'll talk a little bit about that, especially in the midst of the box office discussion. And talking about the box office, we, of course, will talk about Venom and how Venom, now with the Monday numbers in, has officially surpassed the domestic opening of Shang-Chi. Which, remember, Shang-Chi had a holiday weekend, which many, I'm sure, will continue to try and say, well, it was a holiday weekend, it's Labor Day, and Labor Day is notorious for people not going to see the movie there, which is why it was such an amazing film and such an amazing experience. And so it makes sense that a film like Venom would beat it, even though those same people were the ones talking about these industry projections of Venom only making about 40 to 50 million in the original project, the original projections were 40 to 60, then it upped it to 60 to 80, and then it ended up making over 90 million dollars domestically. So it's always fun to see how all of those types of <laughs> uh, predictions fall apart, which is also why I, I don't tend to fall into those types of, of, of work and those, that type of industry. I, I don't know everything that goes into how they come up with these projections, but whenever you're dealing with information that you don't have any raw data to really go off of, and you're, and you're doing a lot of speculation. I try to, as much as I can, try to fall away from that. That's why I tend to just say, okay, here are the actual box office numbers. Here is what typical marketing is. Uh, we can calculate that. We can show the numbers. We can also show how much the film needs to make back based off of historical standards. So again, anything based in numbers and history, that's what I like to stay in. That's the, the lane I like to stay in, as it were. And I... I uh, think it's very important for us to stay in that lane. But anyway, thank you all very much for being here tonight. Again, having our general movie talk discussion as well. Let's say hello to some people in the chat. We are live on YouTube, on DLive, on Twitter, and also over on <laughs> Odyssey. And I know that there are a couple of people very happy for us to be live on Odyssey right now. The R says YouTube is the enemy of mankind. Well, amen to that, brother. Thunderduck then came in to say a flop might mean losing money, but underperforming like Black Widow and Shang-Chi did is a level two flop, making way less money than expected, so it's a no money losing flop. And, well, Thunderduck, no. I think that we really need to, and I've seen, again, people kind of moving goalposts, that kind of thing. We need to just be honest, all right? Is Venom outperforming Shang-Chi? Absolutely. Opening weekend, the opening three-day weekend, totally destroyed it. No, no doubt about it. However, we don't have 
much from the international marketplace yet because it has not opened. This is talking about Venom now. has not opened up in many of the international markets. So we don't know how it's going to perform there in comparison to films like Shang-Chi. Uh, obviously, we can make some assumptions based on the fact that Shang-Chi really did nothing overseas. And the previous Venom film did pretty well. Again, made over $800 million worldwide. To me, the most impressive part about Venom 2's opening is that it beat the original. Right? It actually made $10 million more than what the original had done. And even if you adjust that number for inflation, you're still looking at, what, 7 to $8 million more than the original, which is a pretty amazing feat. But no, no, no. Let's just be honest here. When it comes to Shang-Chi specifically, Black Widow is a whole other animal. When we talk about Shang-Chi, uh, Shang-Chi specifically, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, I always exactly forget how to <laughs> actually pronounce it. But anyway, Shang-Chi... When we look to that film, right now, that film is in not just the break-even area, it's in the profitability area as well, right? The film is, right now, $7 million in the black, as of the last time I checked. And by the end of its entire theatrical run, I imagine that it will probably be near the 20s, I'd say somewhere between 20 and $50 million net gain, net profit. Which, don't get me wrong, that is not a great net gain profit for an R for an MCU film. It's why it'll be still one of the lowest grossing MCU films of all time, right? And, and easily the bottom three. Obviously, Hulk is always going to be at the bottom because Hulk did lose money. Just no, <laughs> just no question about it. You know, the Incredible Hulk film uh, was really the only financial loss when it comes to the MCU. But when it comes to Black Widow, now that there is an idea of how much money... And again, by the way, I remember when I was talking about the entire Black Widow situation. And I remember when there were people who were saying, Hey, yeah, you keep talking about this lawsuit, but you know nothing's going to happen from it, right? It's, just, it's not going to be a big deal. And hey, why are you, you know, kind of forgetting and, and, and really underplaying the Disney Plus numbers, right? That, that, that is something that you really need to focus on. Well, let's go ahead and just look at it a little bit. So, for Black Widow, all right, so for Black Widow, um, as of today, the money right now for the film, as far as what has been reported, is around $378 million worldwide, all right? Black Widow, $378 million worldwide is what that film did. Now, based off of the cost and based off of uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, typical marketing. So this is just standard marketing stuff. Again, don't get into the, oh, well, it'll probably cost more because of this or that. That's probably true. But we don't have any actual metrics, any actual numbers to give an actual legitimate number to look at. So looking at it at $378 million, the film is at a $73 million loss. Now, some would going to argue and say, oh, but the Disney Plus numbers... I don't remember exactly how much they claimed it made in total from Disney+, Plus, but they claimed that it was enough, at the very least, to make up for any of the financial losses. However, Disney has settled with Scarlett Johansson. And again, people were kind of saying that that wasn't going to happen, that, that Disney wasn't going to lose. Well, guess what? Disney settled. And I said that. from the, If you know, go back to some of my videos, I said, they're at least going to settle. And sure enough, they did. $40 million worth, I believe, was the number. All right, so any money it made from Disney Plus can can almost be washed out. At least most of it can. 
And you're left then with a figure that likely will leave Black Widow in the uh, in the red. Again, it's $73 million loss. Again, I don't know offhand how much it supposedly made off of the Disney Plus numbers. But whatever it is, you got to subtract $40 million from that because they have paid out Scarlett Johansson. And so that has to be taken into account with this since it was specifically about this movie. And so that's why it is still fair to mention this movie specifically. So we're looking at a situation where Black Widow is more likely going to be a lower grossing film because it'll be in the negative versus Shang-Chi, which is going to be at least probably 15 to 20 million in the black, if not more. With the competition now at the box office and even more competition on the way, obviously, that is going to be something that we're going to be looking at in the future. But I just want to put that out there. I just want to put that out there. I think that there are a lot of people that are trying to spin black or rather they're trying to spin Shang-Chi as being a, a major financial failure. We can talk about it underperforming. We can talk about it being a failure in comparison to other Marvel films. That is fine. But if we're still talking, if we're just talking financials, Shang-Chi made money. End of story. Shang-Chi made money. End of story. Anyway, Bryant Barth, what's going on? Let's say hello to some people. Uh, Bryant Barth uh, has a question, says, saw you, man, who, what? That doesn't even make any sense. Um, what did you think of John Wayne's character? I, I did a review of The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, so you can uh, look at that, because I believe I did a review for it, so I'm not going to repeat things there. And the two leads being too old? No, I thought that the leads were just the right age. I thought they did a really good job making... Um, Jimmy Stewart's character look a lot older than what he actually was. So, Orange Hour Reviews, what's going on? Says, I just saw The Long Kiss Goodnight recently and uh, wondering if I had seen it. I have not seen it. have not seen The Long Kiss Goodnight. I have heard of it. Snorna Poopus Cuber says, Hello, humans and other quitters. What's going on? The R heading back over to Odyssey. Thank you for stopping by here on the YouTubes. We got the Empress of the Universe, Tina. Thank you for being here. I very much appreciate it. Again, if you have a comment or question on whatever platform you're watching on today, please put at Odin. At Odin at the very beginning of your comment if you want it to be read aloud. Uh, let's go ahead and see what's going on. Titan is in the chat. What's going on? Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Tina then says, why are the numbers dropping? I don't know. All I know is that there are some streams that I honestly feel are just go on for a, a bit too long. I've had this time slot, right, of, of the Tuesday stream for, for a long time now. And, uh, yeah, I think that there's some streams that, <laughs> maybe not today, but in, in, in recent memory, in recent past, have, have kind of been creeping into the time space. And it's just like, come on, man. I've been here for a long time. You don't need to stream for seven hours at a time. Anyway, much much love to the real BBC. They are awesome. Much love to the real BBC. Uh, let's see. Alice McCarthy, what's going on, man? Says, how do you... Oh, and how's it going? How's Thor? To quote, dude from Free Guy, catchphrase. Yes. Probably one of the best parts of that film, uh, for sure, is the character of dude. I won't say much more about it than that. Not that anyone cares about spoilers with this film at this point in time, but yeah, I think it is still something that... I found enjoyable, and I think a lot of people would find it. If you are a fan of Ryan Reynolds, I think that there's a very good chance that you would like Free Guy. That would be my guess. That would be my guess. I, I enjoyed it. I gave it a, a B plus. 
I found it quite enjoyable. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington in the chat. What's going on? Joey's Movie Blog says, Last night I did a double feature of John Carpenter's The Thing and Predator. Both movies are classic for a reason. I agree. I'm very sad that The Thing 4K Steelbook at Best Buy is sold out. Really wanted to pick that bad boy up. And I'm kind of like hoping, waiting, maybe there'll be a release for it. Maybe Zavi will have a special release for it. Um, At some point, I'm going to pick up the 4K, but sad to hear last time I checked, at least it was not available. Laura Story, what's going on? Laura, welcome. Thank you for being back in the chat. Joey Horn, what is going on? Good sir. Man in the chat. Hail to you. Thanks for being here. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington says, Movies this year have not been great. Maybe the coof has made the writers sitting at home writing lazy. Um, Well, here's the thing is that the movies that have been coming out this year have been in production since before the coof. It's very important to realize that films typically take many years to get going, not just because of the filming, which usually can take several months to even a year, depending on the project, the scope, where they need to travel to. But the writing process, the the pre-production on films can sometimes take forever. Just the conceptualization process of the story and where they want to go can take a very long time. So I I don't think the coof has really been seen yet. It's going to be probably another year or two before we start to see movies that are actually impacted by uh, by the coof in any way as far as the direct... Uh, correlation, meaning that they began their actual pre-production development during the time. So, no, I think it's just we're more aware, I think, of the laziness of Hollywood. And because there's just so few films coming out, because so many have just been delayed and pushed and delayed and pushed, that we are in a position that we are just, I think, more aware. We're, We're more picky. You know, because of all of these crazy conditions that these tyrannical governments are putting on so many people to just go see a movie, right? To, to force people to wear a mask, to, uh, you know, in some cases like New York City, saying you have to be able to prove that you have received the jab. That is something that is going to, one, push people away from these locations, and two, mean that if someone is going to want to put up with that, they're going to be a lot more choosy with it. They're going to be a lot more choosy with it. So I, I think it's been more so we've just become more aware of, of the stories in general. We've become more educated, I guess you could say, on the matter. Keck44, what's going on? General Wingster, hail to you. Thank you for being here. Uh, Rosie G 12 hail to you. Thank you for being here, and thank you for being a member on the channel. Very much appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Orange Chat Reviews is saying, Ah, oh, my ears! I double-checked. I, I I always have the OBS open just to make sure that when I start talking, it doesn't blow things out. And if it does, I, I try and address it. And I do try and keep it open so that way if it happens randomly, because as I was making... By the way, the past episodes have all been turned into podcasts. Maybe the one exception being the Saturday show. I, I don't quite remember. I think I'd actually turned that um, in over the weekend. Maybe I didn't. But... With that one possible exception, up until two, episode 288, all available via podcasting platform, all the major podcasting, podcasting platforms. And so if you have missed any shows or anything like that, check out. Uh, Welcome to Asgard is what you will find it under. Welcome to Asgard Podcast. All right. Let's say hello to some people over on Odyssey. Thank you all again for being here. Galactic 
Hose. <laughs> What's going on? Welcome over on Odyssey. We also have the R with a $5 donation. Thank you for the hyper chat donation, the R. It looks like I set it up correctly. So now not only can you donate uh, money money over there, but you can also still donate cryptocurrency and uh, the coins that they use over there. So the R, thank you. He says, a little for the tip bucket. Well, thank you, the R. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. My normal um, water source has been having issues. Basically, the straw is not creating pressure because when I was cleaning it one day, I must have knocked some piece, not like, you know, broke it. It's like it's breaking anything off. But I think there's one piece in the actual straw. It's a contigo. It's one of those contigos. And I think a little piece of it must have just come out that normally creates the pressure that you need to get the water out. And now it's it just it's such a hassle so i switched over to something else tonight cuz i need my water i need my water tube you what is going on thank you for being here jacques lesuave tagged remember if you have a comment or a question that you want read aloud put at odin at odin at the very beginning of your comment no matter what platform you are on so jacques lesuave says what movie genres do you think are either underutilized or haven't gotten the treatment that they deserve i would say that in the midst or in the aftermath of films like The Blair Witch Project, we had an explosion in found footage films. There have been some really good films. There have been some really bad films. That is one I think that it's kind of a bit of both. I think that it's been very much overused in certain respects. I think that there are a lot of really cool stories that could be told with the found footage genre. I think especially now uh, with such a lack of new creative ideas in Hollywood, it'd be really cool to see. And also with the technology that we have available now, I mean, just what you're able to do with, with an iPhone or any phone for that matter, uh, with, with just the technology that we have available uh, that is now available to the regular consumer, regular uh, people. And it, it's not completely out of reach in many instances. For that, I really do think that it's putting us in a position where we could see a lot of innovation. And one of the easiest uh, formats, at least, obviously one can do a heck of a lot more than just found footage, but I think one of the easier genres uh, or, or types of films, yeah, genres of films to do would be found footage. And I, would be, I think that there's a lot that could be done. I think that instead of it just being horror, just being jump scare, I think that we could be either more psychological with it and also, I think that it could just be taken in very different directions, too. So, yeah, I think that that would definitely be be one that I could think of off the top of my head. As far as any other genres that have either been underutilized or not, excuse me, gotten the treatment that they deserve. Um, hmm. I say, I don't know why. The found footage one comes to mind because I am usually drawn towards, towards found footage more so than anything else. Um. I would say in modern times, the thriller horror film, because there's obviously there's different levels of horror movies. Obviously, I think that the the possession and the, you know, going into the occult has just been overplayed so much. It's just it's just bad. It really is. It's just so overdone now. And it's just jump scares for the sake of jump scares. And it's really no creativity behind it at all. I think we really could. One thing I would love to see a revitalization of and a rebirth of are more like traditional thrillers, 
just traditional thrillers. I think that you could do a lot of really cool stuff, not having to bring in any type of supernatural stuff and do some just, again, classic thriller elements akin to things like uh, Psycho, for instance. Would love to see this generation's version of Psycho. That's not just like a remake of something else. Uh, Mr. Roy, what's going on? Good, sir. Thank you very much for being in the chat. Always great to have you here. Good, sir. Nathan Slay, what is going on? Thank you very much for being here as well. Let's see. Uh, Orange Air Views. And by the way, I do fall about 20 minutes behind in the chat. It's 7.03 in the chat that Orange Hat Reviews has right here, and it's 7.20 in real life, so about 17 minutes behind, just how it happens. He says, if Shang-Chi is a triumph, then I am Fiorello LaGuardia. Gotcha. Well, again, I guess it depends on, on what you consider to be a triumph. For me, any Marvel film costing $150 million plus being a profitable film during this period of time I think is is a bit of a triumph now in comparison to other Marvel films absolutely not right it's bottom three Shang-Chi is like the bottom three bottom four will of course have to break it down when we get whatever the last whatever the final number is after its release it doesn't have too much left to go I imagine that it could you know top out somewhere around 400 little you know 400 plus million dollars worldwide by before it leaves theaters before it goes on to home home release or anything like that but I think that it depends on how you're defining what you what you mean by a triumph but it's going to be in the bottom of the pack for total box office and it's also going to be bottom of the pack when it comes to total net gain as well so in comparison to the rest of the MCU, yeah, it's not a triumph. You're absolutely right. But when that film, and, and I was someone who was looking at the numbers saying this, this film is likely going to flop based on the numbers that we had. And obviously those numbers were, were off by a bit. We also had incredibly strong holds week to week domestically. I think uh, I very much underestimated the audience that they were going after that did show up for it. And that is something that they should be commended for. You know, e even when there's someone we don't like, even when, you know, it's like, quote, our enemy, if they do something that is a smart move and that leads to them being able to basically <laughs> get to the point where it's not a complete loss for a film that costs $150 million plus, got to give some commendations there. Don't have to like them but still got to give some commendations there. So definitely not a triumph in comparison to other films, but I would say in, in the grand scheme of things, a film that many of us, myself included, thought was going to be a guaranteed flop, being profitable, and this is before 4K releases. Remember, there are so many MCU stands out there. Remember, my videos were just getting just obliterated when I was covering the Shang-Chi stuff, when I was covering the initial numbers getting obliterated by by these stands, they're going to be the ones that will buy the 4K sets. They will buy the Blu-ray. They will buy the DVD. And that's going to result in millions upon millions of more dollars. So add on top of that, whatever it ends up making by the end of its theatrical run, you're looking at a little film that that's probably, with everything all put together in the next year or so, probably 50 to $100 million in net profit. It's not amazing in comparison to other films, but it ain't a loss. It, it's not like a Jungle Cruise 
Remember, Jungle Cruise is still in the red, like $200 million. $200 million loss versus box office-wise $20 million gain. Again, best case scenario for Jungle Cruise by the end of the year with any Blu-ray 4K sales, maybe they make $50 million back. Maybe. <laughs> but you're kinda, it would kind of have to be a bit of a stretch for that one. But that's, that's an example of, of a complete and utter, an utter failure. That, you know, Jungle Cruise is an example of a complete and utter failure. Shang-Chi is not. Uh, just by the very definition of, of what we mean by financial failure. Anyway, the Physics Channel with Kenny Lee says, Just saw Venom. It was okay. Not as good as the original. Yeah, it's been interesting. I've been hearing so many different stories. Some saying it's better. Some saying it's worse. Some saying it's the exact same. I will probably be able to see it. So we have our fall break. So we're finishing up our first quarter this week. And so we'll have the entire next week off, which will be great. And uh, I should then have some time to actually go back to the theater and uh, watch some movies. And so Venom's going to be definitely top of my list of things to see. Going to be trying to also look and see some of the independent films because, you know, I, I, I like my independent films as well. And uh, maybe a couple of the others, uh, you know, maybe try and do some double features if I can. Um, the big issue, of course, with the modern day film market is that though the box office is doing a lot better than what it was, still has a long ways to go. And for me, what's going to be another telltale sign, not just, and I mentioned this before, not just when the indie films start making money, but also once we get those morning shows back. Because here for the longest time, the earliest showtime that I could ever find was like 1 p.m. And back in my hometown, New Orleans, you know, I, I would always get at least 11 a.m. shows, which would allow me to be able to see multiple movies, especially uh, during a summer vacation. Anyway, uh, let's go, Brandon. Welcome to the channel. Thank you for being in the chat. All right, Nathan Slay tagged to say, Hey, man, I wanted to clear up something. When you made that comment on your old video on how Venom 2 was going to flop, I wasn't trying to take a shot at you. Honestly, I'm very sorry. No, uh, Nathan Slay, I did not take it that way. Uh, I'm sorry if my response came across as being angry. It was not. It, it was more of just a, a response of what actually happened. And there were others who did not come. I knew you were not coming from that angle. There were others that were coming from that angle. And I took a much, <laughs> I took an actual harsh tone with those people uh, who were trying to, again, point these things out for you. I was never angry, never took it that way, man. So no, no, no reason to worry at all. Nathan, you're good people. Evan S says it's a sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. I don't know if I know that song off the top of my head. Again, context is always very important. JKDBuck76 in the chat. Hail to you. Glad to see you back. Uh, he says, how much does Sarjo get to keep? I bet lawyer's fees are half. And here's the thing, though. If that doesn't matter to me because it's still $40 million out of Disney's pocket. doesn't matter what ScarJo's cut is. What matters is how much did Disney pay. So if Disney still had to pay up $40 million or so, that is still enough where any gains they made from Disney Plus, at least, again, I don't know what the end total was. I know that the original numbers for domestic, I think, were around $20 million the opening weekend it made, $20 million domestic on Disney Plus, I think is what they claimed. Maybe it was, what, $40 million in the international market? So you're looking at a film that made 60 to 80 maybe, 
million in its opening weekend. I don't know how much it made after that. So let's assume maybe it made 100 million in the Disney Plus market. I think that's being generous. I don't know the actual number in front of me. Again, I don't trust those numbers that really can't be verified by uh, you know third-party uh, reports. But let's just assume $100 million. So $40 million of that is lost, meaning they keep $60 million of it, meaning they had a $73 million loss, meaning they're still in the red $13 million. And, and that's, again, assuming what is reported for their marketing and what is reported for their budget, which could be a lot more. So, as I said, I, I'm pretty sure we can have an assumption then that Black Widow, when everything is said and done, and it, and pretty much it's pretty much is said and done at this point, is going to be a film that's in the red. Like Black Widow lost money, I think, still very much holds a lot of weight uh, until anyone can show me numbers that that kind of point to any you know anything else. Rosie says it's cheaper to settle than litigate for most corporations. Also, you don't want to you don't want to go to trial because then you get discovery, and then if if ScarJo really wants to mess anybody up, guess what? She can <laughs> she can ask for a lot of stuff that could make things look uh, really bad. Nathan Slave, NM2 will eat up all their box office competition so much that other competition will be rolling down the street like a turd in the wind. Uh, maybe this week, but I'm telling you, man. Uh, Venom 2, it's doing well, but No Time to Die, do not sleep on that film. I know that a lot of people want to, for personal reasons, but for just money, monetary reasons, for what, what we're seeing from markets, don't sleep on that film. Uh, no Time to Die is going to be, in all likelihood, I don't really see a situation where it's not, the number one film of this coming weekend. It is already made over $100 million worldwide internationally in its early releases it still has a long way to go it has to make a crap ton of money to break even all right but uh venom 2 also still needs to open up in a lot of markets and has to do really well in those markets before any talk of profitability for that film can really be discussed in fact it's gonna be hard i i, I don't think i'm gonna even be able to predict anything next weekend for venom 2 because all we'll have are the domestic numbers and then just a couple of foreign countries it, it's pretty much it but anyway, uh, Tina says, Gary said that it made $5 in profit. Nope. Uh, it's at, again, $7 million last time I checked. By the end of the run, it's going to be close to 20 And again, I know in the grand scheme of things, that is chump change, but it's still profit. It is still profit, and that's not even including the eventual 4K Blu-ray sales. And as I said, that means that the film is going to be having made enough to, one, justify a sequel, and two pay off for their losses of films that actually lost money this year. Anyway, Tina says, Real BBC has been off for two hours. Interesting. Okay. Gary had things to do. They only stream from three or four, stream for three or four hours today. That that has to be a record for short streams for them. Forever Sci-Fi, what's going on? Andrew Hayes, welcome to the chat. I'm trying to have the chat not jump on me. Uh, let's see, he says, I didn't get a chance to see Venom uh, last weekend. It's Venom 2, by the way. Uh, City had a marathon that kept me boxed in all weekend. Couldn't get out to do anything until 1 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, well, I, I haven't been able to do much of anything just because, obviously, I, I work full-time, and I, in the evenings, like to spend time with, with baby Thor and, and with Freya and don't really have a lot of good reasons to go and see a, a movie. So next week, I, I will have a much better chance to do so. Andrew Hayes, I meant, yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, Venom 3, uh, based on these early numbers, I would assume that the film's going to make money. 
um, by the end of the run, but we'll have to wait and see. Slash of Neons. Asgard isn't the good community. It's the great community. It is a pretty awesome community. It's a pretty amazing community. Forever Sci-Fi. I'm good with no spoilers for Free Guy as I still have to watch it. I'm just waiting for the chance to buy a physical copy. Forever Sci-Fi. You don't have to wait, dude. Just use a VPN. I use ExpressVPN. I think I still have a link in the description. If it's not in the description, it's in my Willow link at uh, the top of the video or rather in the top of my description. And um, it's a referral link. I think I get stuff if you sign up using it. Last I checked. Again, it's been a while since I set that up. But I recommend it. You set your, if you set your VPN for the UK, guess what? It's on Disney+. Plus. So if you happen to have Disney+, Plus, you can get access to it. Obviously, uh, high seas uh, for some people is enough. Nathan Slay says, Which John Carpenter horror movie do you think is better, The Thing or Halloween? I prefer The Thing. Um, I love The Halloween I think that Halloween might be more rewatchable just because you can watch it every Halloween where as the thing, it's a really good one, right? It's, it's a really good one as far as rewatchability. I mean, it's a great film, great film. I wasn't going to try to say it's, oh, it's, it's okay. No, no, it's a great film, but I don't really feel like there is a day that you like Halloween has a day that you watch it. Uh, the thing doesn't have the same. So both are rewatchable, but if we're going to put it on a metric or on a scale of, of which one's more rewatchable, I don't know. I feel like I could have, I feel like Halloween I could have on in the background while the thing I would actually want to sit down and watch that. That's how I'll explain it. Let's see. Mark Lizeth says, did Venom meet or exceed predictions for the weekend? Take, I didn't hear the numbers. Um, so for the domestic numbers, it blew it away. Uh, so back a couple weeks ago when they put the initial estimates out, they were saying 40 to 60. The updated numbers earlier in the week had it at 60 to 80. And many were saying probably around $70 million. And then the film made 90. So yeah, none of the predictions for Venom 2 were correct at all uh, from those industry experts. And obviously, uh, Sony was underplaying or was under... Uh, predicting that's what studios do they always would rather lowball their numbers because then if it does better because they know it probably will do better it makes everything seem a lot better and seem a lot higher but lady gravemaster what's going on lady gravemaster welcome back thank you thank you thank you thank you uh yeah uh, i've been hearing that a lot i've been hearing a lot of people say that they were not fans um and again at least it's only an hour and a half roughly so at least it'll go by quickly. Forever Sci-Fi says, I hate most horror movies because of the stupid characters. They just follow the OG Predator movie. The characters were competent, but they had no way of knowing the Predator's capabilities. Yeah, have smart uh, characters that are getting destroyed. I think that's a good one. Yeah, as far as uh, tropes and uh, genres that are underutilized or have been just kind of decimated by bad storytelling, that is absolutely one for sure. Uh, Fair Sci-Fi says, Shang-Chi is not a triumph. It's just a lucky victory. It's like winning a race when other uh, every other car crashed. Uh, yes and no, though. As I said, it, it's still making money. It, it's still broke even, and it's making profit. And after you take into account all of the other revenue streams that it's going to have post-theatrical release, it's making enough for them to be able to pay off some of the, <laughs> some of the bad films they've had this year as far as uh, losing money. Evan asks, what's going on, dude? Uh, uh, beard's still the same length. It does sometimes look different because, unfortunately, uh, the, we have at school a, a mask policy. And it, it's more a choice that I've made to wear 
said mask because to not would basically put me at risk of not getting anything necessarily because again i i believe in immune systems and and obviously you know taking care of myself and washing hands right taking you know common sense measures that are not just you know putting what's usually called like a, a diaper on my face but more so if i were to be exposed the standards are different for people that have been jabbed and not been jabbed and so to protect myself from that because that could have an impact down the road on family things like that um, i have chosen to however that might might be changing soon as i'm trying to uh, as i've mentioned previously on other shows i've been trying to uh, pick up the uh, pick up different traditional devotions and there's a really great devotion to the holy face of jesus and i think that it's a good one especially in the midst of of the masks nonsense uh anyway uh rosie g12 who is a member again if you have a comment or question went read aloud got to put at odin unless you are a member in which case i get to highlight your comments rosie g12 says odin i know a bunch of normies who saw the movie and liked it i think just because it's a marvel and splashy and and we're gonna find people that do that and i don't think you're a bad person and that's the other thing i don't think and i don't think anyone here would think you're a bad person for in enjoying the film People are going to enjoy what they enjoy. You know, we, we like to rag on Alex McCarthy. You know, we love Alex McCarthy. He he is our uh, <laughs> he is our person that has some of the worst taste in movies, and, and we love him. We still love him. And I, I think that at the end of the day, right, we have to understand that there are going to be disagreements. There's going to be differences of opinion on various things. And I, I think for me, I, I've always had this standard. If, if we're willing, if someone likes a film, but they are willing to admit the logical and objective flaws that that film might have, then I, I, I typically am not going to have an issue. The issue is when someone tries to say that something is objectively good when there are clearly flaws. That, that's when I have a bit of an issue. All right, heading over to Odyssey. Uh, let's see. Galactic Hero says, do you think there'll ever be support for indie movies the same way there's a lot of support for indie comics these days, like a comics gate for movies? Um, you, you might be able to see something like that. I think the closest, in our circle at least, in nerd culture, that I can think of uh, off the top of my head is the Vader fan film uh, that was made not too long ago, uh, Shards of the Past. That's one example, I think. You could totally see something like that. And I think there's there's definitely other examples that other people are going to bring up, but that's the one that comes to mind. So I think you could see that, but to the same degree as Comicsgate, I, I don't know, because there really isn't a, a centralized group of people, right? With Comicsgate, you've got a very centralized group of creators and a re- very large network, and there's a very clear motivation and, and a shared vision. I don't think you see that. And I think it's kind of a part of the medium of filmmaking because not only do you have different stories, different genres, which of course would exist in comics too, but also you actually have just different ways of of actually doing it, right? There's different filmmaking techniques. There's different things that people are drawn to. And I think because there's, in my opinion, a lot more diversity of not just ideas, but in just practical use and, and practical application of films in general, I don't know if you wouldn't be able to ever really have 
something similar. So th those are my thoughts on that. It'd be cool uh, to have it be successful or as successful as Comics Gate. I guess it depends on what the film would be. I don't know if there's going to be ever a movement that is going to be able to match the, at least the organization. Because if there's one thing that Comics Gate has, it's it has a huge organization, huge reach as well. Anyway, those are my thoughts on that. Jacques Lesuave over on Odyssey says, I believe they used a cursed William Shatner mask for the Halloween movie. Would it have been scarier if it was a George Takai mask with a killer as, with a killer with TDST chasing Trump supporters? Oh, oh my. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> Absolutely, Jacques Lesuave. Don't don't give them any ideas. Don't give them any ideas because they're, they're out of them right now. So for all we know, they very well could decide to go in that direction. Let's see. 70B. What's going on, 70B? She is the general of my Valkyrie. She says, saw a story today that the film crew union in Hollywood may strike. That will be bad. Yeah, there's uh, it's that's been brewing for a long time now. And, you know, I've always mixed on that. You know, the reason why I'm always mixed on that is because of the fact that it's typically the people at the top that get the most money. So, though I support the people behind the camera who are vastly underpaid and, and really deserve to be treated much better than what they are, the unfortunate thing is that usually when these types of strikes happen, it's the union bosses that do well. And if you really have kind of like the way that I see it, like the way that I view it, go ahead and look at a film like On the Waterfront. That That's the image of my head. That's the image in my head where it's like, hey, yeah, you got a union and, and it might even do some some good stuff for you, right? It might even guarantee you work. And and obviously, I'm not saying that this specific union is, is as bad or as corrupt as the one in On the Waterfront, but it's clear that the the leaders always do better. And so I'm always very reticent when it comes to these types of strikes, because though I agree in the basic premise and the basic principle of, of people, you know, being taken care of or, or rather receiving, because this, this really comes down to uh, Catholic social teaching, someone receiving a just wage for their work, a just wage for their work. That that's a part of Catholic social teaching is that, um, we should guarantee in the work that we do, if we are in the position to pay someone, we should pay them a just and fair wage to be able to help them be able to support their their families. And obviously, how do we do that? What is a fair wage? These are questions, right? That The church doesn't get into the actual numbers of it. It just says the basic principle has to be fair. So again, I fully support it in, in that respect. The unfortunate thing is, I don't know how much the people, I don't know how much the people who really need the help are actually going to get the help, if you know what I mean. New number two, Dean Heiss, what's going on? It's okay. It's okay that you're late. Better late than never. Marcus Cato in the chat, what is going on? Good sir. Jean uh, Hu, what's going on? Jean Hu, thank you for being here. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says, Fantasy by Mariah Carey, I understood that reference. Nice. Yeah, I don't know much. I don't know much about Mariah Carey's music. I know Mariah Carey, but I would not call myself a Mariah Carey aficionado. Andrew Hayes says, speaking of the streaming model, I still don't think I'm convinced the streaming is going to be successful, is going to successfully replace theaters. I think theaters will go bankrupt before they get replaced. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, the streaming, streaming is definitely the future. Everything is going in that direction. 
it's not even just movies. Keep in mind, education has had a huge leap forward in streaming. There, there are so many at-home... At uh, I'm trying to think of, of, of the word from it. But anyway, at-home learning, right? And this is not just for homeschooling. That's the word I was looking for. Not just at-home uh, digital homeschooling, but also many colleges. You can get so many diff- different college degrees now online at your own pace, and they're expanding it out every single year. And as, especially with COVID, the infrastructure for it has, has been built up now so much that it's now easier than ever to, to have it. So it's not even just a matter of films. There are so many other aspects of society moving in the direction of streaming that it's just a natural process that, that films and television are also going to be, and they have been, right? We have seen a huge push in, the, in that direction. So, no, theaters are going to have a place. There's no doubt about that. And I think that the death of theaters, though it had been sped up by COVID, has, has maybe uh, tempered just a little bit with releases like what we're seeing with Venom and what we think we're going to see with films like No Time to Die and maybe even Dune. Uh, obviously, Dune's a different situation because Dune's getting that day and date release with HBO Max, so that's going to impact those domestic numbers. But it is definitely moving in the streaming direction. Streaming is going to be the future. Um, and there's going to be resistance to it, obviously, uh, for some very good reasons, for some maybe not so great reasons. But yeah, I, I think that theaters themselves have to innovate. They have to be able to offer a product. And I've made this point before. If a theater can guarantee that I can sit through a film without being interrupted by someone's cell phone, without being interrupted by uh, kids being in a theater that they shouldn't be in, without being in a theater with a bulb that's clearly on the brink of death, having to watch that darn flickering screen, without a a speaker that's either out or, or poorly calibrated, if I can get that kind of a guarantee... That's the kind of experience that you're more willing to pay money to. Uh, but the issue that we're having is, is not just are we not getting good films on a consistent basis, but we're also having an issue, of course, with the theater-going experience itself. See, Hardwick says, A couple of weeks ago on Friday Night Tights, you seemed surprised by how many browser tabs Ryan had open when he shared some memes. That was nothing. I currently have a 1,000 tabs open. Hardwick, that's one. That's, that's insane. You, you, why? There's no need to have those many tabs open. There, there literally is no need to have it. And as far as, as Ryan is concerned, like you get to a certain point where when you have those many tabs open, the question to me is, why? What's the purpose? It, it would just be easier for you to have five tabs and then just go to the site that you're trying to go to for the information that you're trying to find. It, it takes you just a couple of seconds. It, it, again, it just never makes any sense to me. Never makes any sense to me at all. Uh, let's see. Orange Hour Review says, I honestly thought Venom 2 wasn't that bad. Sure, it had its share of problems, but my moviegoer score was 9 to 10 objectively. It was more around a 6 objectively. It was like a 7. Yeah, um, and I think that we're, we're kind of seeing that a bit from what we're hearing from people. And very similar to a lot of the big budget films this year, getting a very mixed, getting a very mixed bag. Very mixed bag, which I'm not I'm not that surprised with. Clarify sci-fi. Don't have Disney Plus, even when Verizon tried to give it to me for free. Dang, dude. Yeah. Again, kudos to you, bro. The only reason why I even have it is is the wife. <laughs> there's there's certain things I will fight fight the wife on. Uh, this is not one of them. 
And I, I do bring up uh, legitimate things about uh, China and never forget about Disney and all of these studios, but especially Disney and their work with the Chinese Communist Party and giving them millions of dollars. All the while, human rights violations are happening on a daily basis. But still, she likes having access to that Disney+. Plus. More so for nostalgia. Not to mention she was very happy to be able to watch a film like Free Guy because she's a huge Ryan Reynolds fan. Alice McCarthy says, Halloween is my favorite horror franchise I watch even when it's not October. Nice. Yeah, I I can't... For me, I have to watch it. If I'm going to watch it, it's going to be during either on Halloween, around Halloween, or just during the month of October. Like, I feel like that is the month for, for scary films in general. Uh, Nathan Slay says, Have you ever seen Carrie? A friend of mine is recommending giving it a watch, but I just don't know if I want to watch a movie where a girl gets bullied and abused by everyone. Yeah, it's not an easy watch. It's definitely not an easy watch. It's a well-made movie. I can give it that at least. If we're talking about the original, I assume that we are. Um, it's definitely a tough watch, for sure. Very, very tough watch. T- very, very, very tough watch. And ultimately, it's going to be up to you. Ultimately, it's going to be up to you. I, I would say... Uh, Maybe do a bit of research of whether or not you think it is your cup of tea before actually watching it. Uh, I saw someone say, I don't know if if it was said in jest or if it was said in seriousness, uh, but my reservations about about Jab, they are morally based. Morally based. Um, At this point, there is no vaccine from dealing with covid that has not been either developed from or tested on uh, aborted fetal tissue. And morally, I cannot and will not have that remote cooperation with an evil. And uh, at, up to this point, there is nothing available yet. If there ever becomes a standard by the numbers one that has not had any testing or development not using that, then I'll, of course, look at the studies actually look at the science you always hear people saying the science the science it's like yeah you realize that science is the scientific method and that the scientific method is constantly right going through its circle right if you ever actually look to a chart of the scientific method it's a circle it's an ongoing circle because even when you reach to a conclusion even if you get to the point where you can develop a general theory guess what that theory can still get tested sometimes theories can even be shown to not be true great example we at one point thought the world was going through global cooling and guess what (laughs) turns out as information became more available turns out it's the other way around we went from hey we're supposed to be in the next ice age to hey ice caps are melting whenever you whenever you hear anyone try and give a monolithic answer in the name of science question them immediately because science is actually where you are to move beyond the, the monolithic statement. <laughs> because you have to be able to, again, continue to go through the process, continue to ask questions. I love how asking questions now is seen as being anti-science, even though questions is the very makeup of science. Asking questions, making predictions, testing those predictions, that is the actual like literal parts of the scientific method. It's insane to me. Anyway, Asper says, I object. We all know I have great movie opinions. RIPD is a masterpiece. I'm kidding. Yes, of course. 
Let's see. Evan S. says, I won't condemn those who like bad movies, but he he excommunicates who likes pineapple on pizza. Yes, absolutely. One is anathematized if they enjoy pineapple on pizza. That, that is just a rule of the channel. That's just a rule of the channel. Uh, see, there's a channel name that is mocking Ryan. <laughs> as, long, as long as he's not being inappropriate. Uh, see, Robbie says, Hello, Odin. Tonight I have a big size Hershey's cookie and cream bar and lemon Oreos. You had me until the lemon Oreos. Ah, uh, lemon Oreos. So, just something not quite right about that. There's just something not quite right about that, if I had to say. And I do. <laughs> All right, let's head over to Odyssey, see what's going on. Uh, the R says, fair wage was a biblical virtue. Then how is the Vatican holding wages from folks who don't get it? Oh, so no. Uh, so when we talk about, uh, so when I said fair wages, so it's, Catholic social teaching. So it is biblically based, obviously, but it's more so from the perennial teachings of the church. There are a series of documents known as like the social encyclicals, typically is how they're known. They're uh, encyclicals written by popes throughout history where there is a very clear, um, there is a very clear position on certain concepts that we would call, and I know that in today's world, this term has been has been unfortunately taken over by by wokest, um, and that term is social justice. If you actually look to the origins of social justice, all social justice is it's actually a Catholic term, and what it is it's how do we apply the teachings of Christ into our everyday life and our everyday society? And so the church has had to ask this question for for many years, especially after the Industrial Revolution, right when work moved from the field into the factories, right? Wages changed. The church, of course, had to address these new changes as they happened. And so the question remains, okay, the core has to be, right? How do we apply the teachings of Christ into our modern society? And so now you have, throughout history, you've had these what are called social encyclicals about not just social justice, but also um, about basically just general social principles. So this is where we get things like subsidiarity, for instance. Subsidiarity is a beautiful principle. It's the concept that any group, any unit in a society that can do something as well as or better than a higher unit in a society has the right to do so. Meaning if a family can educate their child as well or better than a state, than a, a federal government, they have the right to do it. And to keep that from that family is a violation of their rights as humans. That's an example of uh, one of the principles there. One of the other principles, though, is that... Um, in the process of work, uh, employees have certain obligations that they have to that they owe to their employers, right? To be good employees, to not take advantage or steal, things like that. Obviously, common sense stuff. But then employers have an obligation to ensure that they provide a just and fair wage. And the general principle for a just and fair wage is: is it um, is it enough for the work being done? And is it going to be able to help the person working be able to uh, help provide for their family? Or pretty much the two principles there. And obviously, there is there are questions that, that can be asked about what constitutes that, which is why the church does not get into the business of giving percentages or anything. These are all just, again, based off of the general teachings of Christ. So anyway, 
Uh, just wanted to <laughs> explain that a little bit more. And no, 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 trust me. Um, what's going on with the Vatican as far as requiring uh, the green passes and, and all that stuff, uh, there's a lot of problems. Theologically, uh, morally speaking, there are a lot of problems with that, they are. So you will not, you will not find a, a Vatican apologist when bad decisions are, are being made. Keep in mind, infallibility only applies specifically to statements that are said to be infallible. So meaning when a pope or when the church universal is speaking in an authoritative way, there's certain language that has to be present for that to happen, and then only on faith and morals. So obviously, this would be a situation where that is not the case, which means, guess what? At the end of the day, they're human. All these members, right, are human, can make mistakes. So hopefully that makes a little bit more sense uh, anyway, Odyssey fam, thank y'all very much for listening to that. <laughs> that was your theology lesson of the day. <laughs> All right, anyway, Soul Assassin, what is going on? Hannibal Grimm says, Fossey, 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 yes, Fossey. Always love the Fossey entrances. Rob D, tagged to say, I don't know 100% if this is happening, but I heard the government wants to take away church's exemption for paying taxes. Your thoughts? Yeah, um... <clears throat> I know it's been thrown around. Uh, I would not be surprised if it happened during and under this administration, which, to be honest, would just be the perfect irony that the current president who calls himself Catholic but rejects, you know, core Catholic teachings, it's like <laughs> that he would be the one that it would be the administration to, uh, you know, take that away. I will say this much, though. When it comes to the, uh, the tax exemption status, to be honest... If he did that, would I uh, would I be really angry about it? To be honest, probably not as much as one might think. And, and the reason why is because when you start to get into like tax policy, it's one of those things where it's is it a good thing? No, but also it brings up a bigger question about taxes, and it brings up a bigger discussion about what is actually. Again, going back to those principles, what is actually fair and just? What can the government in any level, at any level, ask of you in providing for the common good? And I think there's an easy argument to be made that way too much is being asked of us in today's world and that much of what is being spent with this money is not for the common good. And in many cases is actually downright evil and is being used to support downright evil. So it's more of a nuanced approach that I would have to that if, if indeed that were to happen, right? Hopefully that makes some sense. But yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, again, this is the same person who is now trying to sue states like Texas literally sending out his <laughs> attorney general to sue Texas all for trying to protect children with heartbeats. How sick do you have to be? And how confused morally do you have to be to say, oh, I, I'm going to call myself a Catholic and yet I'm going to try and make sure that children with heartbeats don't have a chance. It's sick. It really is. Anyway, Tina B. Well, one of the heads of Warner Brothers 
has said that they screwed up with the day and date release on HBO Max and theatrically. Too little, too late. Warner's messed up royally. Yeah, here's the other thing, too. They own HBO Max. It's not like they have a contract with themselves that they can't change, right? So why are... I guess the only thing I could think of is because they already announced months ago that their entire 2021 slate would be on HBO Max, maybe one could have an argument that there is some... Okay, uh, by the way, mods, please be on the lookout. There is a ton of new subscribers. Uh... I don't think, and I can't tell whether these are legit subscribers or not, because this this kind of looks like a weird glitch or some type of, like, it could be a possible attack. I don't know. So, mods, just please be on the lookout, and I apologize to anyone in the chat tonight. Um, I don't know what's going on, going to be honest. So... Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, but it's interesting. The only thing I think of going back to the point I was trying to make, though, is I, I guess, could they potentially sue? Like, could a subscriber sue for false advertisement? That's the only thing I could possibly think of for, for HBO Max. I don't know. Because I feel like uh, because they own it, I, I don't know why they wouldn't just go and just go out of the way to say, hey, you know what? You know what's going to happen? Uh, we're going to not release Dune on, <laughs> we're not going to release Dune on HBO Max. They could totally do that. I, I, at least at this point, I don't, I don't see why not. Hannibal Graham, seriously, if you want that guarantee, find a way out uh, to my neck of the woods and I'll take you, I'll take it to my work. Ah, interesting. Let's see. Hardwick. Yeah. Well, it wasn't Heimdall that went crazy. Literally, it's, these are the like over like the at the same period of time we had like a thousand or i don't know how many subs that just randomly came in so the way it came in though uh, is definitely sketchy so that was not a heimdall issue i just have no idea what's going on i know a part of it is i have the chat set to subscribers only so maybe this is the new way of 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 spamming chats is when you have them set to subscriber only. Anyway, Hardwick says, uh, look on Rumble or Odyssey for videos of Dr. Vladimir Zelenko talking about the jab. It's poison more dangerous than... Well, again, obviously, so for one, because I read that out loud, I am not a doctor. Please consult with your own doctors for your health information. Um, again, I'm not going to go that far just because I think that there needs to be uh, study. Again, I believe... People always like to say this, but I actually mean it in, in the way that it is stated. I believe in science. It's called the scientific method, which means you ask questions, you test your, you ask questions, you make observations, you develop hypotheses, you develop and test those hypothesis, hypotheses, right? You make testable predictions. And if the results are not coming out the way that you expected, then you can change that over time. And then eventually you might get to the point where after your test, you realize, okay, it's, it's coming out the way I expected. And then you can start to develop some theories. But then guess what? Even if you develop a theory, you still got to keep going. Anyway, Orange has says, Sony needs to create a device that creates a cellular dead zone inside the theater. 
Uh, that would solve major cell phone problems. I would agree, only that does cause an issue if someone does have an emergency. <laughs> like, I do think that the person that, like, runs out of a theater, right, the person that runs out of the theater to uh, take care of something because of an emergency, I think that that person probably still needs to have access, right? Uh, Sahil says, ever seen Dragon? I have seen Dragon to Hell. I actually uh, thought it was pretty good. Uh, I remember liking it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. 70B, it was a troll. They were here Saturday and said the same thing. Ah, gotcha. Thank you. Appreciate it. Andrew Hoyle says, let me just slip in here and hope nobody notices. Hello, good sir. You're late. Uh, Sahil says, it's science, not the science. Exactly. Sahil, exactly, right? That's exactly the point. And I, I was so happy because one of the subjects that I cover with my students is um, in, in these intro parts before we jump into morality is about the existence of God and the common objections. And one of them is, you know, the relationship between science and, and religion. And I got to have a really good conversation with them and, and bring up the fact, hey, today's world, guess what? You hear this a lot. You hear, trust the science, the science. And it, it was not political. It made no reference to anything other than, hey, when we say science, this is what we mean. We mean the scientific method. Um, let's see. Hardwick says, Sam Raimi said, there are three rules to all horror movies that should follow. Innocent must suffer. The guilty must pay. You must taste blood to become a man. Dang, dude. Seems a bit, uh, seems a bit much there. Andrew Hayes, the more I've been learning about vaccines and how they are produced, the more I oppose them for religious reasons. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Uh, mine is, again, it's, it's purely based in, uh, in, in a moral a moral concern, a moral issue. And obviously I, I do also have questions as far as efficacy, especially when you look at the different strains and the effectiveness after the fact. Again, I, I think that there are quite, again, questions deserve to be answered. The fact that people are getting shut down because they're asking questions is the most unscientific thing that can possibly happen. Forever sci-fi, far too many have taken up science as their new religion. They really have. And it's not even science. It really isn't even science, though. That, that's what drives me the craziest, is that it's not actual science at all. It's a deity that they've created called the science. <laughs> Hardwick, I would rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. Legendary theoretical physicist Richard Feynman. Uh, I like pineapple on pizza, said Andrew Hoyle. Well, then you are anathema. Good, sir. Um, <laughs> Andrew Hoyle says... Did The Exorcist scare you for life when you watched it? That's another movie that I am kind of scared of watching. So I actually watched it uh, during one of our movie watch parties. So people, it's still online somewhere uh, on the channel, either on this channel. or I can't, I can't remember where we had watched it originally, but it's somewhere. And yeah, oh, it was terrifying. For life, I'm okay. Definitely kept me, uh, definitely kept me scared for quite a bit, though. Uh, awesome one. What's going on, good sir? Andrew Hayes tagged and said, I have a hankering for some Nutter Butters. Ooh. Some Nutter Butters, you say. Rhaegar Targaryen, what's going on, man? Alrighty. Andrew Hayes says, given that 57% of the U.S. population vaccinated, do you think the government could collapse if all the unvaccinated people are forced to leave their jobs? If they're forced to leave their jobs? Well, I mean, by by its very nature, that would kind of have to be a, a result. Also, if you did that all around the same time. And guess what? <laughs> if you see what's going on in other countries across the world, finally, that would start to happen to a much larger degree. 
in uh, to a much larger degree in what we see in other countries. Finally happening here. As far as protests and everything like that. All right. Let's see. Orange Hat Reviews says here, uh, I live in New York, the place I live. We don't care about the overreaching mandates. In fact, most of the people here with businesses only require a mask if you are not vaxxed. We're friendly up here. Yeah, and I know a lot of people that are either resisting or are not uh, fully, um, you know, pushing you know, pushing the, the rules that they have in effect. And, and that's really what we have to do, right? It, it's, you know, I'm, I'm all about peaceful resistance. And I think that is one of the things that, that we, again, whatever our state in life is, whatever our desires in life is, uh, desires in life are, I think have to have at their core and have to have at their crux, the desire for not just, not just liberty as a political concept, but human freedom uh, awesome one tag to say money over human rights yeah that's unfortunately i think that's in reference to fair wages yeah that's unfortunately what we see happen too much and too often in in a lot of businesses where people care more about turning a profit than about the human person and again it, it's it's definitely a balance right there that's why there is no correct number depends on what the job is. It depends on a lot of different factors, but it is, I think, something that we have to be wanting to talk about to say, what is a fair wage? How do we support people? Um, how do we support people to the best of our ability? Forever Sci-Fi says, last thing we need to do is give the evil fools more money, especially since they spend about $5 for uh, every additional $1 they bring in. Yeah, yeah, for sure absolutely absolutely no doubt about it for sure all right and now i'm in the part of the chat where there were some glitches <laughs> someone said it's the turks <laughs> it's the d live turks they found me <laughs> alice mccarthy either bots or lots of love of odin i i wish it was that but i don't think it was i do not think it was Um, let's see. Ooh, okay. So this was someone who was listed as a new subscriber. So yeah, maybe it was a YouTube glitch. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's YouTube playing around with some things. Hey, in the wake of what Facebook went through, maybe YouTube's doing some stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about. By the way, I did see this, but I wanted to highlight it. Low Pro, thank you for the $77.70 super chats. Don't worry. I got it, awesome one. I saw you in the live chat. I got it, man. I, I was waiting for it to pop up in the chat so I could highlight it so everyone could see it. Low pro. Thank you, man. He says, Pharisees are nothing new. Anyone can use the label of Catholic proudly, but true Catholics will be known by their works and by our past vestments. God bless all Lord of the Rings 20th century anniversary inbound. Dude, low pro. Good on you, man. That is awesome. I, I, I was tempted to get the same one, but I have the... I have the Steelbook 4K set of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The one reason why I didn't want the Middle Earth is because it comes with the Hobbit movies, and I'm just not a big fan of, of the Hobbit films specifically. Um, but yeah, you will know them by their fruits is another, you know, not just by their works, but also by their fruits is another really big uh, concept as well. And I think that we're seeing that a lot. 
We're seeing that in the decisions that are being made in today's world. Uh, we're, we're seeing it a, a lot in everything. So one of the things that, as, as I mentioned, you know, with my, with my own current work situation, um, in trying to embrace a much more traditional, especially spirituality, uh, one of the things that I want to be able to take up is a devotion known as the the chaplet uh, uh, devotion to the the holy face. And many have called it the people that I that I I like to watch uh, as far as on YouTube, especially from from a spiritual perspective, have really kind of you know attached themselves to this because it in a lot of ways is almost like the devotion of our own time because what's being attacked the face, right? Children are being forced to cover their face. People find themselves, or rather people express themselves specifically through their face. And we're, we're forcing kids and children to cover them up. We're forcing ourselves, our kids and others to not see reactions. I can tell you the first couple weeks of school were so unique because I saw 99% of, of, of my students' faces and it just changed everything from what had been the year before. Like there was, I don't think you realize just how much of a psychological divide you put when you cover the face like that. So that's why I've been especially drawn to, and I'm gonna start to try and learn it, but I just got in from Roman Catholic gear. Um, it is actually a, a chaplet. So it looks like a rosary, um, but it is made specifically for that of the holy face. So um, this is something that I'm very excited to, to dive into. And so the main one is the Holy Face. And uh, I'm hoping that this can be the inspiration that I need to be able to hold the line, as it were. Right? There's, there's a hill that we all need to set for ourselves. And right now, there's a certain hill that I'm holding the line on. There, there's another that I think that I've, I've given a little bit too much room on that I want to be able to try and take back. So uh, pray for me as I will be praying for you, especially for anyone who's in a position where luckily I'm not in that position where jobs are on the line and my heart goes out to anyone who has been pressured or has been uh, forced in any way to do something, especially against their conscience. But yeah, it's, it's awful. Uh, Gabriel, what's going on? Welcome. Uh, Mr. Peabody, what's going on, Mr. Peabody? Welcome back. Says, in medical terminology, every medication is considered a poison, so no news there. Okay, okay, there you go. I guess, yeah, I, what is the actual definition of, of a poison? I guess would be my question. Because, like, like, for Tylenol or Advil, I guess it's anything that attacks anything in the body? I don't know. Like I could see why some, for instance, I could see why something like chemo or other things like that, because it's attacking healthy cells, right? For that instance. Um, but yeah, I would be intrigued to hear about that. For those that don't know, Mr. Peabody uh, worked in the medical field for, for quite a while. Knows a lot about this stuff. Um, Hannibal Grimm, yep. Yeah, thank you for the tag and you're correct. Society doesn't like questions. No, people just like to consume, right? People just like to consume, consume, consume. Don't ask questions. If you ask questions, guess what? Boom, you're out of here. Boom, you're hit with the label of conspiracy theorists. And it's like, wait a minute. You're telling me that if I ask a, a, a logical question, if I <laughs> engage in the scientific process, which is all about asking questions, if I do that at all, 
that somehow makes me a conspiracy theorist? How does that work? How does that calculate? How does that make any sense at all? Oh, that's right. It doesn't. And no matter how you feel about any of this stuff, because there's different thoughts. No matter how you feel. I think it's, it's, it's been clear for me for a long time. It's abundantly clear, I think, to most people, though. This is not about health. This is not about science or the scientific method. It's about control. There's that old saying, never let a crisis go to waste. We've seen people get sick. We've seen people who even maybe we know get sick and die. Right? This is a reality. I think we have a right to ask questions. Why did they die? What were the causes? Was it from comorbidities? Was it from some type of illness developed in a lab? Lab leak hypothesis. Remember, that used to be something you couldn't say. Now, all of a sudden, it's something that you can totally talk about. If that is the case, where did it come from? If that is the case also, who is the one that was a part of the development? And again, we have answers, or at least partial answers to some of these questions. But guess what? Asking those questions is not evil. Asking those questions is important. Because we've seen innocent people be impacted by it. Because even if one dies with comorbidities, if, if one still is impacted and gets sick because of it, because of the virus in their system, it all goes back to whoever it was that originally developed it. And I think that we need to ask questions and also stop labeling people that ask questions and try and find answers as being painted in a negative light. Harwick says, Sam Raimi's you must taste blood to become a man rule for horror movies means that the hero grows into a man through bloody combat against evil. Ah, so they don't have to actually like drink it like it's soup or something. <laughs> Andrew Hoyle, uh, even though I have a degree in physics, the only science I like is the weird kind, weird science. Uh, Peabody, I have Disney Plus, Adam put me on his account. Ooh, yeah. Uh, you might actually already have access to Free Guy um, if you haven't seen it already. But I know that at least if you have a VPN, set it to the UK, it'll be available there. Zacharot315, what's going on? Forever Sci-Fi says, I will not comply because I'd rather it not get to the point where the violence is the only option left. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Absolutely. We all have to, we all have to pick the hill. We all have to... Um, you know, choose the thing that we are passionate about and, and stick with it. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Let's see. Hardwick says, did here Elvira came out? Nope. Have not heard about it and not really much of an Elvira person in the first place. So, uh, doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really mean much uh, to me. Uh, let's see, 70B says, um, Stephanie says, Tina and I were wondering if you have seen all that jazz about Bob Fosse's life. I've not seen all about jazz. I've not seen the film. I believe I've at least heard the title before, but not seen it. And that should not be a surprise. That should not be shocking to anyone. And if you're going to 
say, I'm shocked. There's no reason to be. Peabody says, anybody worried about catching or watching Carrie, you could watch Firestarter to warm up. Interesting. La Pro says, oh, I was referring to the anniversary date. I have the Steelbook too, and that's what I'll be watching on that day. Ah, ah, yes, yes, yes. The 20th anniversary of the film. Gotcha. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Man, it's insane. 20 years, man. 20 years. That's that's crazy. See, Mr. Peabody says, can understand the problem with masks for you. You can hear the students, but if you can't see their face, you lose the context, and we know you like the context. <laughs> this is true. But no, and, and <laughs> I appreciate the joke. But no, it is true. I, you know, there is a connection. There's a human connection that one makes when you're looking at someone face-to-face, whether it is, it's obviously much more palpable in person, but even if it was just online, right, there's certain contextual clues. There, there are people that, that are around in our own, in, in where I work, where they don't, uh, they, they, they can't hear. And so they read lips and, and sign. And I remember when things were first starting off, I, I can't imagine how difficult it was for them because they had to mask. Everyone else had to as well. And one of the things that was a way for us to be able to communicate with them was by a smile because that's all that they were able to really, you know, that was all that they were really able to, to receive for, from anyone that maybe didn't know how to sign. So I think that to me really is like the, the key piece of evidence, obviously that's a specific case, but expounding upon that and expanding that out, it's very clear based on the psychological studies that have been done, the psychological damage that masks have done to kids, the fact that that kids have fallen so far behind. And I think there is definitely a correlation to be made about not just hearing what a teacher says, but seeing that teacher as they say it. And if you're going to cover up again, part of what makes us unique as humans Part of what allows us to express ourselves, which is a unique human quality about the way that we express ourselves specifically, then it's going to have an impact on how we learn, how we receive information, and if how we receive information is impacted or is affected in a negative way especially, that is going to create problems, not just at an academic level, but at a social level. Hardwick. I'd recommend trying the fan edit M4's Hobbit book edit so much better than the official versions. That's not even close. Well, I mean, anything's better than three, two and a half plus hour films that deal with things that mostly don't have <laughs> stuff from the book and, and extra stuff instead. Hannibal Grimm says society, only bureaucracy and meaningless complications. Yeah, the bureaucracy especially has really just... It really has just gone crazy. It's really just gone off the wall. Jacques Lesuave over on Odyssey. And again, thank you all to the people watching Odyssey. Make sure you uh, light up that fire button. Uh, Jacques Lesuave says, if we never questioned, quote, the science, the earth still be the center of the universe and the idea of continents moving would be madness. Always question. Curiosity is the path of knowledge. Yep. The earth would still be flat. Uh, there would be, uh, guess what? Darwinian evolution would still be the prominent theory. And yet it's through continuing to ask questions and studies and, and looking into things like the Cambrian explosion that we realize, Oh, Darwin actually 
though correct in some respects, was actually not fully correct. And there are things that we can't really account for. Giant leaps in evolution that cannot be accounted for with the Darwinian model. And guess what? You, you had really two camps that sprung from it. You had the neo-Darwinists who said, we can save him. We can save Darwin. And then you had the others that said, okay, let's just leave Darwin in the past because, again, because of science and because of the ever-growing and ever-evolving, more questions, more answers. The more answers we get, the more questions we get. It allows us to grow. It allows us to learn. So yeah, absolutely. Jacques was suave, for sure. And that is the issue is that we, we've gotten to a point now where curiosity itself is not viewed as a virtue and it's instead viewed as a vice, as an evil. And that's a problem. That is a major problem. Let's see, Rosie G12 says, Odin, if someone falls out of a plane and has the coof, cause of death is listed. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing too. I will say this much, Rosie. The issue, the problem there, and this is why asking questions is important. We don't know how many of those exist. We, we, excuse me, they, we don't know how many of those cases specifically, right? Ones where there are clearly no, there's no actual correlation between the two. We don't know how many because we, at, at the beginning, we didn't question. At the very beginning, we didn't. And, and that's obviously, that's on us as a people. And it makes sense, right? We wanted to believe in the very beginning that we could just trust, right? That we said, oh, these are terrible things that are going on. Uh, okay, we're going to trust people in authority, right? We're going to trust that they're going to give us the relevant information. And that's on us, right? That That's very much on us. But now we're at the point where we are asking the questions. But the issue is that because we, we weren't asking these questions earlier on, it's harder to go back and look at a case and be able to actually determine the number of cases like that, unfortunately. So it, it could be a lot. It could also be a small amount. That's the issue. We, we, really, we really don't have the data available because the tracking isn't there for a wide variety of reasons to know exactly what impact that would have had. So to me, the only number that could give any indication is the number of total deaths from year to year. And the data that I've seen on that has been that there was an increase in previous years over the last year, which obviously indicates, and that is also an important thing because remember, this is a variation, right? COVID-19 is a variation of COVID specifically. It's therefore going to impact people because it's, it's new. There's obviously a lot of suspect as far as where it came from, Again, most of I, I feel like most of the discussions now I'm leading leading it more into it being having having at least part of it developed in a lab and then maybe mutating throughout you know as it goes through the human population. Obviously, that's one theory, right? And again, all of these are different thoughts, and I think we need to ask the questions to get to the actual conclusions. Because by the end of all of it, here's what I want: I want to know what the actual source is, who is responsible and whoever is responsible to be held responsible. Because here's the thing, we don't want to ever fall into different camps of extremes. We don't want to fall into the camp that says nothing's happening because clearly something is happening. We know people who have gotten this. We know people who are healthy who have gotten this and have had 
permanent long-term damage, have even passed away. As rare as it is, it does happen. So we, we don't want to fall into the extreme of just denying, denying, denying everything. We also don't want to fall into the other extreme of saying, hey, government, take away every single freedom I have. It's all for the sake of the common good, when clearly it's not. I, I always like to try and be in that, in that middle ground position of, no, let's ask questions and let's find out what's true. And once we find out what's true, then we can make decisions, then we can move forward. Having a very good, logical, deep discussion tonight, I think. Uh, PJ Riddle says, does Odin not like pineapple on his pizza? No, I don't. But welcome, good sir. Let's see if I sci-fi. The fact that they tried to scrub the Project Veritas Pfizer video says a lot. Yeah, I mean, they do that to, to him all the time, right? And they'll, they'll claim all kinds of things, right? Private information. No, I, I think that's a very, that, that's an example to me of important work. Exposing false narratives, right? It's amazing that you don't hear a lot of people talking about natural immunity. You just don't hear it. I don't even know if that's something I can even talk about. I don't know if the phrase natural immunity is even allowed on the platform. Luckily, I'm also on DLive. I'm also on Twitter. I'm also on Odyssey. So if for any reason you had the stream get taken down, and isn't it crazy that just saying words in a non-contextual way can, can somehow lead to being taken down. But that's the other thing too. It makes it seem like then if that is the case that you're going to take someone down or if you're going to bring these types of, th like again, when you, when you have the action of scrubbing, it creates two thoughts. One, they're scrubbing it because of the fact that it's true and they don't want it to be known to be true. But then that creates this own problem, which is, one, doesn't necessarily mean that it is true. But you've also now given more reason for it to be trusted because you've tried to get rid of it. So again, it's, it's, it's this problem because it can lead to people with extreme ideas being actually brought to be more extreme. And then also at the same time, it could also bring more light onto a subject that is not an extreme, but is, is, a, is a factual matter, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I think it's very important for us to, again, have the more nuanced conversation. It's very important for us to have the more nuanced conversation, which, unfortunately, people don't really want to have with each other. Cacao, what's going on? Oh, so some people are having some glitching issues. Sorry to hear that. We are getting close to the end of the show, though, so I'll try and get through as many of these last comments as I can. Uh, let's see, Barry says, I think the reason the healthcare professionals are having issues dealing with this is that they are used to dealing with natural occurring. Yeah, again, Barry, I think that's a good point, right? Yeah, for sure. That's another aspect that people are not talking about. Also, you know, people like to point certain things out about hospitals. Here's the thing. There are some hospitals in the country that are at capacity. They exist. I know people who work in these hospitals who have confirmed this. However, there's also plenty where it's not even close. So, again, truth somewhere in the middle. But the sensationalist news media, now in bed, of course, and has been in bed for a long time with the government, and now, of course, you have the giant pharmaceutical as well, a part of the discussion. They don't want a nuanced discussion. They don't want an actual conversation. They'd rather you just accept the narrative. 
consume. Don't ask questions. Rodrigo, what's going on, dude? Deus Volt. Absolutely, man. Thank you for being here. Uh, would you ever do a movie watch party? Yeah, man. Uh, probably over the summer when I have more time. I am off next week, though, so I will probably try and do a stream or two on the OMB Report channel. I have not done a lot over there, but I have, again, next week off. Can try and watch some movies, do some movie reviews, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see if I'm able to do a, a movie watch party uh, in the future. Forever Sci-Fi, 20 years in Lord of the Rings still has better special effects than some movies made two years ago. That is true. That is definitely true. Peabody says, I know absolutely... I, I know absolutely we all know how quickly a text chat can go wrong because we can't see all of those little subtle messages the face gives. Again, no, that is a great point, right? Again, you can send a text message to somebody, you can word it in a certain way, and they can totally misunderstand what you're talking about, right? All right, anyway, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Low Pro, thank you for the $33.33 super chat. Says here, quote, it is not good that man should be alone, which is why they're pushing masks and social distancing regardless of vaccine status or natural immunity or any other factors. They want you alone psychologically. Yeah, and we, we've seen that there has been an, a huge push uh, to have more people be isolated. Also, division, right? That's what it's all about. It's, it's, it's Marxism 101 put people against each other, whether they're being put into different classes, whether they're being put into different caste, whether they're being any kind of, of group, right? This is how Marxism plays out. Put people against each other. Now the narrative is trying to be vaxxed versus unvaxxed. That, that is what the narrative is being pushed as. When instead it should be, no, we're all people. We're all people. We all make decisions in, in, in our own interest, hopefully, Hopefully, we're all making educated decisions for ourselves as well. And we can respect each other. We can be friends with each other. But they don't want that. Division is what allows them not only to take control, which, as I said, is what it really comes down to, but also allows for them to be able to do a lot of other things. Soul Assassin, we have the answer. Aliens, obviously. Aliens. Absolutely <laughs> awesome one. <laughs> it's from Candy Corn. Ah, is it now? Always got to blame the Candy Corn, unfortunately. Peabody says, the PCR test for C-19 shows up antigens, whether you have COVID, had COVID, or anything close, such as a common cold. So no, is never supposed to be used as a test for infection. Yeah, yeah, I remember a lot of that came out. And the inventor of the test, right, even admitted that fact that even like in the, was it the process of, of when you're looking for the results, you can find almost anything that you want, I think is the way it was worded. But yeah. Joey Horn, did you watch any of the speeches from the CIC this past weekend? I didn't, uh, just because I wasn't really up for uh, spending the money to, to pay for the uh, the video on demand. I'm hoping that eventually, over the next uh, month or so, it uh, those stuff, those videos become free, hopefully, at some point, maybe. But I would love to watch it, because I know there were some really great speakers at the CIC. It's a Catholic Identity Conference that happened this weekend. Uh, awesome one. I want to go one year uh, when I can. Natural natural doesn't make money. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And again, it's interesting that so many people are kind of just glossing over the fact that you have a uh, the giant pharmaceutical company that's making billions. No one wants to talk about it. Forever Sci-Fi, that's why I'm suspicious of supposed Facebook whistleblower. She's pushing the notion that Facebook is not doing enough censoring. Yeah. And also, too, when 60 Minutes is covering a whistleblower, that also 
Think about all the whistleblowers that have come out against major corporations for censoring and things like that. But it was from a certain political aisle, meaning they had to go to Project Veritas. Meaning they had to go there. All right, over on Odyssey. The R says, are you into intelligent design? I like the theory and don't understand why even many Christians are so against it. Not counting the six-day creationists, of course. Yeah, I mean, if, we, if we're talking intelligent design as that there is an intelligent designer of the universe, well, then yes. I mean, one of the proofs of St. Thomas Aquinas was the argument from design. So if that's what you mean by it, then, then yes. But again, I guess it would be... I, I would have to know more about what we mean specifically by by the phrase intelligent design. Because do I believe that there's an intelligence behind the design of our universe? Yes, absolutely. It's kind of a given as, as, a, as a Catholic. <laughs> and uh, again, Aquinas, I think, had a really good uh, explanation for that. All right, I do need to wrap things up, everybody. Uh, Hardwick says, Utter Pradesh, a state in India with over 20, 240 million people recently announced that they're 100% coup free after giving ivermectin to all their citizens. Yeah, and again, that's one of the no-no words that you can't talk about. And again, I don't... Hey, guess what? I, I am not a medical expert. I don't know the studies on that. And, and that that is the other issue, is that there are certain studies that are not allowed to be... Ha- and here's the other thing. So, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, the reason why I have not received any of, of the jabs that are available is because all of them have a remote cooperation with evil. All of them have either been tested with or have been developed by using aborted field tissue. There was one that was going through the ranks that actually had a lot going for it. And then all of a sudden, they tested it using aborted fetal tissues. And so now it's no longer an option. And the, the issue is that you can't, in the current state of the medical field and also in the current state of what the government, especially U.S. government, is going to give as far as money is concerned. You cannot get ahead unless you use a border field tissue. Isn't that kind of a weird, crazy, creepy, evil thing? That if you want to be able to get to a point where your drug that could save lives could protect people and not cooperate with evil is is only going to be able to get fast-tracked if you use human life. I don't know. It's kind of kind of a, a sick thing. But anyway, uh, thank you all very much for being here tonight. This was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you to everyone watching, whether you are on YouTube, Odyssey, DLive, or on Twitter. Uh, please make sure you smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Light up that fire button if you're watching on Odyssey. Uh, before heading out, like I always do, I'm going to shout out my YouTube members who are at the Army of Asgard level and above. And also, uh, if you... If you um, are a member at the Keeper of the Bifrost level or above on any of the platforms, check out whatever platform you're on. If you're on YouTube as a Keeper of the Bifrost, check out the Community uh, tab. There'll be a post exclusive to y'all. If you're on Locals, there is a post there. If you're on Patreon, Subscribestar, there are posts there. And it's a Q&A post. So uh, me, or rather John the Flick Pick Flickinger and I are going to be doing a podcast this week. We do a podcast once or twice a month. Uh, we try and uh, do it at least once and um, at most twice a month. So the Q&A question uh, is posted. So if you have any questions that you want to ask us and you're at the Keeper of the Bifrost level or above, whatever platform you're on, check it out. Post a question and we will... Um, we will absolutely 
cover the questions that you want us to talk about. We get very deep on those. We don't have to worry about as much about censorship and things like that in, in our podcast. So uh, again, if you're at those levels or above, check it out. But anyway, huge shout out to Hiva Cora, GomerCal79, Soul Extraction, Malvin, Dolores Ed, Twirly Wolf, Lopro, Farrah Lovely, Valiant Renegade, Jonathan Marshall, Eric K, Cornelius Schultz, Fetigator, Gonzalo Bergali, George Molo, George, Grimm's Math, The Wicked Plumber, Kara Tharp, Dabman Walking 55, M. Tack Shark, Forever Sci-Fi, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Orange Hour Reviews, J. Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. Thank you again for being my members at the Army of Asgard level and above on YouTube. Also, a huge shout out to Kara Tharp, who is a member over on Locals. Uh, I need to get you added in on the video. Um, probably try and do that sometime this week. There is also still a giveaway currently live for Top Gun 4K Steelbook Edition. I'm going to pick a winner on that in the next couple days. Also, um, I now have a copy of this film to give away. American Psycho, the unrated version, 4K Steelbook. So just got this in today. So this will be a future giveaway um, as well. Also, expect some coverage of some movies coming out. I finally got a copy of The Green Knight. If you've been following my channel, you know that this is a movie that I had like a love-hate relationship with. There are things that I adored about this movie, and then there's other things that like just were so weird and bizarre that it was just a little too much. Um, but I am so excited just for the special features on that movie. But also a couple other things to kind of give you a preview. Got Children of the Corn on 4K. Never seen Children of the Corn before. Um, something tells me it's not going to be my cup of tea, but it is what it is. And then a really cool one is a Ridley Scott film with Tom Cruise early Tom Cruise called Legend. So, uh, some films to watch and talk about. So, look ahead and in the coming weeks of uh, some Blu-rays, Blu-ray action, uh, Blu-ray coverage collection update. Anyway, you guys all are amazing and beautiful people. Thank you all for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your night. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my Patreon subscribe star and locals members, Andrew Hoyle, animation commentator, Brandon, Brian P, Christopher Bowman, Don Bruno de la Mancha, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you father, Father Damien Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Gomer Kyle, 79, Laura, the Modern Major General's Story, Mike Jackson, Dion, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen, Stan Andrian, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benin, Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you for being my Patreon members. And a huge shout out to my subscribe star members. The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean High Slash, the new number two, J. Rod, the Beer Guru, and ZK Man. Thank you very much for supporting me over on Subscribestar and to my one Locals member, Robert Barnes. Thank you for supporting me over on Locals. And if you want a name shouted out, or your name rather, shouted out at the end of every single live stream and video, please consider joining 
on one of those platforms, either Patreon, Subscribestar, or Locals. Links to that can be found in the description. Look at that top link, especially. It's called the Willow link there. It'll give you links to all the social media platforms and also ways to support the channel. If you want to be an Army of Asgard level or above member, you can get access to giveaways that I do every single month. I give away 4Ks, Blu-rays, all kinds of stuff. It is a lot of fun. Also, if you join at the Keeper of the Bifrost level, you get access to all of that. Plus, you get access to an exclusive podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger. We have a lot of fun. We do that once or twice a month. And if you join at the Chosen of Valhalla level, you get all of that. Plus, in your first month, you get a t-shirt of your choice and send anywhere in the world. And also, you get to be featured on the channel once a month on the Chosen of Valhalla live stream where we get to hang out and have a good time. So anyway, if any of that sounds good, check out that link in the top of the video. As I mentioned, you guys are amazing and beautiful people. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.